Hello, 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 and welcome to this week's very special, very socially distanced recording of Graveyard Coffee Talk. We're your hosts, Amanda and Corinne. And uh, yeah, we are nice and socially distanced because I'm recovering from pneumonia. And I had COVID last week. (laughs) So if our voices go in and out, um, please don't message us we know we know we're aware we're sorry (laughs) oh my goodness i was about to lie and say i'm not sorry about being sick but i am yeah i'm just it's been it's been an interesting couple weeks hasn't it though you know i only lied to myself about how i was feeling for two weeks It's just a little congestion. It's just a little cough. I tested negative for COVID. I'm fine. I I did the same thing when I had pneumonia in college. And again, when I had pneumonia that other time. (laughs) (laughs) That wasn't in college and I should have known better. Oh, we're adults who have been trusted with buildings because we make good decisions according to a bank. (laughs) I think they trust my husband, not me. I mean, uh, so, same. So, Amanda, what 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 you drinking tonight? All right, so we are recording at it's now eight thirty four p.m. and I love you guys, but I'm not drinking coffee this late when I don't have a babysitter to take care of tomorrow morning. <laughs> uh, so I did manage to stay on brand, and I have a Schlafly uh, coffee stout. Ooh, that sounds great. It's, you know, it's not the most coffee-y coffee stout I've ever had, but it's it's nice. And, you know, it's even as a stout, not that alcoholic. So I don't feel oh. too bad drinking it a few days into antibiotics. It's fine. That's great. That's great. So uh, what do you have, Corinne? Um, I have red wine from a box that I bought at Target. Hell yeah. I was going to do bourbon um, in honor. My grandmother passed away recently and she loved bourbon. So I was going to have a glass of bourbon in her honor. But I realized that the cork is stuck on my bottle of Basil Hayden. No. And I didn't want to open the other bottle because that feels wasteful. But also the only other bourbon I have on hand is E.H. Taylor. And um, I love this podcast. And if, you know, we one day hook a major deal then i'll definitely pour myself some e.h taylor for that but not for um not late night goofing yeah <laughs> uh again we love you guys this podcast is a lot of fun to record but it is not it's not there yet one day one day we're gonna manifest this shit oh yeah um so what is our card 
for um, this very special episode. So actually, I think it's kind of sweet. I was pulling from Wild Unknown because it is sitting here next to me, which is why it gets picked so often. Um, and I got The Lovers from The Major Arcana. And it's talking about the importance of relationships. Aww. Like, that's so great. Because, like, this, we've been friends for so long. And this has been such a cool project that we get to work on together and deepen our friendship with. And we've essentially been in business together for a year for now. A year. We don't hate one another yet. Yet. Big, important <laughs> keyword. I did hate this research, though, BT Dub. <laughs> Oh, yeah. This was, it, guys, we are on the struggle bus with this episode. Um, you know, uh, my fault. I'm pretty sure I was the one that suggested this episode topic. Uh, but I was the one who went, yeah, this is going to be great. We're going to have such an easy time with this. And then we were wrong. Yeah. So I texted Amanda last night and was like, hey, so you're struggling with research. I'm struggling with research. Let's do a special uh, late night. We'll show our research because we fucking did it, damn it. Yes. And then we're kind of going to go and do our own thing that I didn't prepare any notes for. So this will be hilarious. Oh, yeah. No, I didn't prepare anything. That seemed rather against the spirit of what we're going to do after we talk about this week's topic, which is old wives tales. Yeah. So, yeah, you're getting a two for one. This is old wives tales and late night graveyard talk i don't the fuck know that's what i'm gonna call it now it's late night graveyard talk i like it well uh, we'll look at that shit (laughs) (laughs) um great so manny you want to start us off i will uh as we were just discussing this was tough uh, because it turns out when you do that initial google search for old wives tales to try to get a handle on what avenue you want to take the research um everything is about pregnancy you know that's interesting because that's not what i experienced oh no i got you know 10 old wives tales to determine your baby's gender i don't okay i did see this but those were further down and it might have been the keywords that i was using it might have been um i also got you'll never believe what these old wives tales say about your pregnancy you know, et cetera, et cetera. Because you have been pregnant and I have not. You know, that's very possible. Um, actually, later on in my research, I did find out why pregnancy would come up so often. So we will actually get to that. Awesome. Um, but I won't lie. I did not want to talk about pregnancy for an entire episode. I, I just appreciate that because, wow, the more I hear about pregnancy, the more I'm like, I don't want this. <laughs> Oh my goodness. It's just, I, I did not want to, but you know, not to worry. My pneumonia brain managed to find other avenues of research. So we will hop right into that. Hell yes. Bring it. Uh, first, I'm going to take another drink of this beer because that's what this episode needs. <laughs> All right. So Wikipedia defines old wives tales as quote, a supposed truth, which is actually spurious or a superstition, end quote. I'm and glad then, that you and I have the exact same quote that we pulled. <laughs> Great minds. Oh, yeah. Um, and as I was saying, 
these have been historically differentiated from other superstitions and urban legends by the fact that they are passed from women to young children and often center on topics that have traditionally been women's concerns, pregnancy, puberty, herbalism, mm -hmm. social concerns, etc. And then I went on a quick tangent because this research was not happening for me. And I don't know if you noticed on that Wikipedia page, Corinne, that under the see also list, there was the page for, uh, well, number one, you know, we have things like list of misconceptions. Okay, that yeah. makes sense. But then we have the Wikipedia page for lies to children. <laughs> I don't think I noticed that. And I had to know. I had to know. So I That's clicked important. on it. And it's not any sort of call out. There's no shade being thrown. But I did find this really interesting. A, quote, lie to children in the academic sense mm -hmm. is, to quote that Wikipedia article again, a simplified explanation of technical or complex subjects as a teaching method for children or lay people. So, for example, when you're first learning about atoms in a chemistry class, you learn about the proton, neutron, and electron. Okay. You learn that those are the building blocks of an atom. That is all that an atom is because that is all that your brain can handle an atom being at that time. Yes, that's still and all that my brain can handle. <laughs> As you get more advanced, you start talking about matrix mechanics and quantum jumps and all those things that I'm not even remotely qualified to talk about. But, you know, I just did here because I'm never remotely qualified to talk about anything on this podcast. What? Uh, but it's it's things like that where when we start teaching uh, oftentimes children, but even adults learning a subject for the first time you learn the most simplified version. Never yeah. start a sentence with the word and, you know, things like mm -hmm. that, which is a lie. <laughs> there are ways that topics are more complex, but we can't start things that way. Yeah. Or you will run screaming. I mean, I still, you have baby steps, teeny tiny baby explanations exactly. for me. Exactly. But I had to click on lies to children. No, that was understandable. And I I'm glad that you did it. Um, so as far as old wives tales research, trying to get to the bottom of why we have them, where they come from, I found an excerpt from a book called Approaches to the Evolution of Language. Okay. And in the chapter titled Old Wives Tales, The Gossip Hypothesis and the Reliability of Cheap Signals, the authors put forward their hypothesis that vocalized language evolved out of necessity as humans started traveling in larger family groups. Okay. So according to this theory, uh, nonverbal communication with a heavy focus on grooming was how early humans communicated. Which makes um, sense if you think about how primates interact with one another. Any large mammals in a social group. Yeah. You know, nonverbal communication and a heavy emphasis on communal grooming is everywhere across the animal kingdom. 
but humans started traveling in much larger groups. And once the group grew past a certain size, it became more important to accurately convey complex information to people who weren't eyewitnesses to the fact. Um, and as a quick aside, while I was reading through this, I also learned that uh, I'm not sure if it stacks up in current theories, uh, but there is a theory that we evolved singing vocalizations far before we evolved any sort of speech because the singing vocalizations, A, are easier on your vocal cords mm -hmm. and B, can carry across longer distances. They're also controlled by completely separate parts of your brain, yeah. which is so cool. Sorry. Oh, yeah. It, again, not to talk about pregnancy this whole episode, but that was something that we actually learned from our pediatrician when Quentin was like a week old. Uh, hmm. is one of the reasons that you should sing repetitive songs to children is because it lights up different parts of their brain. Huh. And kids will absorb language itself faster if they are exposed to song. Wild. I mean, that makes sense to my lived experience because I can still sing the um, formula for solving quadratic equations. Uh, to the tune of Pop Goes the Weasel? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I can still sing it. I don't know that I can actually solve a quadratic equation, but I know how to. Oh, yeah. It's, you know, think of how many jingles and, like, old 90s cartoon theme songs you still have in your brain. Oh, I can't wait to send you a couple of the articles that I found while I was working on this because it will actually... It has nothing to do with old wives' tales, but it will loop into what we've just been discussing. So I'm oh, excited to end up sharing them, even though I didn't plan to. Um, well, I've got one more sentence about how all of that tied into old wives' tales. Um, so it's theorized in that chapter that gossip and eventually old wives' tales and superstitions evolved from that initial need to inform a wider community um, and old wives tales specifically and gossip and you know traditionally women mm -hmm. uh, traditionally things associated with women uh -huh. uh, evolved as ways for unrelated groups of humans to connect with each other and keep a community tied together um, gossip and old wives tales it's posited here are how women stopped uh, viewing other women of reproductive age as threats to their own children. Interesting. Because you are now the source of this amazing knowledge, you know. Mm -hmm. If you okay. wash your wart in the dew from some grass, it'll go away and poof, well, this person really helped me once, so I guess I can let her children live this time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which I just thought was really interesting. Um, but outside of that, I could not find that much. Uh, so I Ooh. wanted to just quickly touch on a few fun old wives' tales, uh, specifically from the Appalachian region. Okay. Uh, so this one, Ooh. 
this is how I know that this did not come from a woman. <laughs> this old wives tale must have been from a man. Oh no. If you take a shower on the first couple of days of your period, you will die from your cramps. Can confirm, am dead. <laughs> um, I mean, sometimes you feel like you're gonna die. I mean, yes, but in my experience, that's yeah, not no, related to how many showers I've had. <laughs> It's much more related to how much ibuprofen I've had. What? Um, a bird that flies into your house heralds a death in the family. Okay, I've seen that one in some European cultures as well. Mm -hmm. If you don't look at the body of a dead friend or family member, you will go mad and believe that they haven't actually died. And looking at this, I kind of wonder how much how prevalent beliefs like this were during the advent of spiritualism mm. in America, like we discussed in the wartime occult episode. Yeah. Um, you know, the rise of spiritualism and seances in response to the civil war and, you know, people's relatives dying away from home for the first time. Yeah. Um, so I just thought that was interesting. That is cool one. If a picture falls off the wall for no reason, it means a death is coming soon. Okay. Um, you know, or you're haunted. I was going to say, I was just assume poltergeist, but, you know, that works too. You know. If you plant a coniferous tree, you will die when it gets as tall as you are. Well, that's ass because I'm short. <laughs> um, it's bad luck to kill a ladybug. Okay. Uh, which means that my cat, Steve, must be the least lucky animal on the planet because he turns the underside of chair cushions into a ladybug graveyard <laughs> a couple times a year. Seriously, it'll be one week after the last time I vacuumed and there will just be 20 dead ladybugs. Oh, he's helping. He helped. He helped. You were there the day that he helped and brought a still living mouse. I was there. I'm sorry for laughing as ugly as I did when that happened, but... Oh, Steve. If you dream the same dream three times, it will come true. Oh, um, I don't like that. I have a lot of weird nightmares that don't need to come true. Well, it means that any day now, I'm going to turn into a mouse riding a tricycle through a post-apocalyptic city while a Godzilla-sized cat stalks me. Because <laughs> I've had that dream <laughs> way more than three times. Oh, dear. So. Oh, dear. Uh, <laughs> oh, poor thing. That's fine. I love it. I love getting over COVID. The best. Oh, this one that is deeply unpleasant and cursed. And if I had to read it, you have to hear it. No, no. Urine in the ear cures ear infections. Mm -mm. You're welcome. Mm-mm. Uh, rain at a wedding is good luck for the marriage. So I guess suck at Alanis Morissette. <laughs> and you can rub a penny on a wart to buy the wart, but you can never spend the penny or the wart will come back. Okay. Yeah. Right. So not the longest segment that I have ever done, but hopefully... <laughs> 
hopefully I informed people of some things. I don't know. Oh, God, I guess. Fuck, that means it's my turn. And I think we still, had, still managed to do more research than me. <laughs> this is bad. This is no bueno. Oh, I can get my lap. Hi, baby boy. Oh, which kid cat is it? Patrick. He's Aww. got so much eye goop right now. It's really gross. He got some on my hands earlier and I'm still mad about it. Oh, he's just an old man baby cat. I know. He... He's got a bad tooth and it makes his eye goop, but we can't have his tooth removed because he, he can't go under anesthesia anymore. He too old. <laughs> so says the vet. Okay. Anyway, I guess we'll, we'll do this. I'm sorry, guys. So um, Amanda and I, of course, springboarded off of the, um, the same Wikipedia search. So, as previously discussed, linguistically speaking, old wives' tales refer to superstitions, generally folksy wisdom passed from older women to younger women and children. Uh, according to that brief Wikipedia article, traditional old wives' tales typically have a lot to do with morality, health, nutrition, fertility, pregnancy, and childbirth. Uh, the stories that relate to morality are possibly closely aligned with what today we would call fairy tales, a la the Brothers Grimm. Uh, however, uh, contemporary usage of the phrase old wives tales kind of lumps everything with like general superstitions. So knowing right. that I am, uh, I'm taking advantage. Hell yeah. Uh, I'm taking some liberties and, uh, yeah, forgive me for taking the route of least resistance, but the last few weeks have been batshit crazy and I did try. So here are some random ass superstitions, some of which really do fall under the whole old wives tale thing, some of which are just straight up superstitions that I found. All right, lay it on me. So first off, in Spain, Tuesday the 13th is worse luck than a Friday the 13th. Oh. So some of this is due to the fact that Tuesday in Spanish is Martes, which has its root in uh, the word for the Roman god Mars. Another reason given is that Constantinople fell in, during the Fourth Crusades on Tuesday, April 13th, 1204. Oh. And while 13 in general is seen as a deeply unlucky number here in the West, the Tuesday thing is kind of uniquely Spanish. And there is a common saying En martes, ni te cases, ni te embarques, ni, ni, eh, ni de tu casa te apartes, which is on Tuesday, don't marry, get on a boat, or leave your house. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I feel a little vindicated because I have always hated Tuesdays the worst. Like, Tuesdays are just the worst day of the week. They are. And I will stand by this. And I feel vindicated. I would argue that Thursdays are worse. Personally. Yeah, that's fair. I think Tuesdays, just in my experience, I'm like, okay, well, like, Mondays you expect to suck because it's the first day of the week. Tuesday, there's no more excuses. It's just shitty. That's fair. Um. So, oh, hi. Uh, sorry if you guys hear muffled something. I don't often record at home, and my cat has come over to investigate a microphone. No, baby. It's Raj. I love Raj. Um, so, in with the uh, unlucky numbers, 
as you will be very aware, Amanda, the number four is bad luck in many East Asian cultures. Yep. Very similarly to how buildings in the West will avoid a 13th floor, buildings in East Asia often skip the fourth floor. Which made me wonder, and Amanda, you might actually be able to fill me in on this. So in East Asia, do they do ground floor, first floor, second floor? Or are they like in America where it's first floor, second floor, third floor? Um, or do you so remember? The only buildings that I went in that I really paid attention. Uh, the only one that I ever actually looked at was my in-laws apartment building. Mm-hmm. And I believe it went first floor, second floor, third floor. It did skip fourth floor. I mean, that makes uh, sense. Which then made me laugh because my in-laws lived on the 14th floor, which meant that the Westerners were living on the actual 13th floor. <laughs> Love that for them. Mm -hmm. uh, but yes, this one I do understand because in languages like Mandarin and Japanese, the words for four and death are homophones though written differently and at least in the case of mandarin chinese they are different tones yes uh so like i, I get it i i totally get the the connection between four being a bad number there i still don't get what okay well i do get why 13 is an unlucky number you've got yes. judas you've yes. got all that fun stuff uh to go back to the fours so in, I'm not sure if it's true in Hong Kong and Macau, but I know in mainland China, you have to buy your phone number. Mm. And my mother-in-law got her phone number for mega cheap because it was just all fours. <laughs> Amazing. She was like, I'm never going to forget this. And this is being sold basically for pennies. Oh, because no one's going to want that. Because no one wants a phone number that's all fours. Oh, okay. That's wild. Mm -hmm. All right. So now we're going to, we're going to bop around to a couple of other weird European superstitions, old wives tales. Okay. Uh, this is one that I learned while I was living in France. Um, and I genuinely thought people were just fucking with the poor dumb Americans, but it is actually, actually factually a superstition in France that stepping in dog shit with your left foot is good luck. Did you happen to find out why? No, and I looked. I <laughs> promise you, because I was like, what? I, I genuinely, there was one night, a group of us were walking to somebody's house party, and I stepped with my left foot in dog poo, nearly landed on my face. And I'm like, oh, this is so gross. And I'm like, wiping it off. I take two more steps, and it happens again. And I nearly Just, eat again. Did no one in that neighborhood clean up after their dogs? They really don't. Is They're not as scrupulous about it as we are here in the United States. Gross. It, yeah, it was not great. But all my friends were like, oh, you're going to have such good luck. I was like, are you fucking with me? And the answer was no. They really genuinely meant I was going to have some good luck. And I was like, <laughs> but I have dog poop on my foot. I'm unhappy. <laughs> so... Uh, last two that I have for you are both from Russia. Okay. Um, and Russia just kind of has a thing with the ground, it appears. And uh, the first one speaks to my alcoholic little heart. Putting empty bottles of booze on the floor is good luck. And I actually did see why this one is. 
Okay. So this dates back to the Napoleonic Wars. Uh, in French restaurants at the time, you got charged for how many empty bottles of wine were sitting on your table. So the Russians so you put it on the floor. Put it on the floor, so it's not as obvious just how much they've had to drink. Uh-huh. And then they took this back to Russia with them after the wars were over. And it has just stayed a thing. Amazing. Right? And the other one I actually learned from my good friend and show listener, Yuli. Uh, Hi, Yuli. Yes, Yuli, thank you for this. I probably should have told you I was definitely going to talk about this because you probably could have told me more, but I was lazy. And also I forgot. Um, anyway. Also, you're recovering from COVID. Yeah, that too. Um, any hoozles. Yuli's parents always told them that sitting on cold surfaces, especially the ground, will cause women to become infertile. Promise? <laughs> I keep trying. Uh, and from what I saw when I was like doing this basic Googling that got me this short little list, this is actually a fairly widespread old wives' tale, especially in and around Eastern Europe. Interesting. But, like, yeah, no, young women should not sit on the ground because it will render them infertile because the ground is cold. And I guess it will like fuck up your womb somehow. I don't know. I mean, it, you know, we still don't know enough about the uterus. And that's why so many women's health issues just get you a shrug and a prescription to do some yoga. So. Um, but yeah, that is, that is basically all I found. I did find two really interesting articles um, that I read today. It was, I, I did get that text from you. Yes. So I read Folklore, Fear, and the Feminine, Ghosts and Old Wives' Tales in Wuthering Heights, Ooh. which was very interesting. Um, I have never read Wuthering Heights, so I was definitely missing a lot of context. It's worth reading. I, one of these days, I will. Um, and the other one was Engendering the Narrative Act, Old Wives' Tales in The Winter's Tale, Macbeth, and The Tempest. I want to read both of those. I will I will email you copies of the PDFs. I got them off of JSTOR graced by the library because yeah. we, we 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 love and respect the library there. Um but it was very interesting in that in both of these are uh, articles that I was reading, they were talking very specifically about the femininity of old wives' tales and in folklore in general. Especially because as um, as Wuthering Heights is being written, that is kind of the birth of folklore as an academic study in the UK, at least. Oh, interesting. Uh, that really came into its own during the Victorian era. Uh, it is actually very heavily rooted in colonialism and classism. What isn't... Uh, yeah, what it was, isn't what, anymore. What is cool is forever. how it has grown beyond a way of identifying a, a sort of like British self. And then folklore is the distant past and the other. And, you know, we've grown beyond these things. They talk about um, books and bullets are, are the future and old wives tales and superstitions are a thing of the past. So they were talking about uh, Charlotte Bronte's use of, was it Charlotte Bronte? 
which the Bronte sisters wrote. Wuthering Heights. Charlotte was Jane Eyre. So then it was Emily? Was it Emily? I think it was Emily. So talking about... I read that book this year. Couldn't tell you. I've never read it. I kind of want to read it now that I've read this article. Um, But talked about her usage of folklore as kind of a grounding in the story. Very separate from the ghost stories that were very popular in Victorian newspapers at the time. And that sense of other and we're better than this tack that folklorists at the time were were using when they were talking about folk narratives. Oh, that's interesting. Um, and then the one on Shakespeare's plays delved a lot more into how children were raised and how like a big thing for young boys was when you finally got to start wearing pants mm-hmm. and you were taken from the women who were raising you and put into these very strict schools. And um, this education was kind of meant to masculinize you and how Shakespeare uses women and women's storytelling to shape narrative and to put in like this really weird dichotomy between masculine and feminine energies. And there may have been a reference to Mpreg in The Tempest. And I just, I need you to read this article and see if you get the same thing from it that I did. Because I was like, this is, are they fucking talking about Mpreg? Uh, Please send me that article. Mostly because, uh, well, you know, coolly. Uh, They're doing The Tempest at Prez. Ooh, I'll need to see that one. That's their fall show. I think it opens next weekend, so we will be busy. But um, I think her students might appreciate that. Yeah, it's like it's the third section, and that was honestly well. The section on the Scottish play was also very interesting. Um, kind of connecting linguistically the witch's chance, you know, the double double toil and trouble, and early modern nursery rhymes. You get very similar syncopations. Ooh, that's fun. They carry over a little bit in The Tempest talking about the the nursery rhyme qualities of like the songs that Caliban makes up for himself. So what you're telling me is the trend of putting creepy lullabies in horror movie trailers is older than dirt? Just about. Amazing. So yeah, Amazing. I do. Highly recommend these articles. I will email them to you as soon as this is over. Um, but that's that is what I got. So if we want to like veer off a little bit, let, let's go off piece, Amanda. All right. We've been doing this for a year now. We have more than okay, so important question. Favorite, not not best, favorite episode we've done. Oh my goodness. Um, a part of me wants to say creepy games. Okay. Uh, just because the look on your face when I said that <laughs> uh, the story of the Ouija board was identical to the plot of Yu Gi Oh! I'm still mad about that, by the way. <laughs> just. That is seared in my brain as something wonderful. I'm so angry Um, about that because it's so true. 
though I also really, I had a lot of fun with the research for Cursed Nature. Mm. Uh, looking into the witch's tree was really, really fun. And then I, I, I'm not sure, I don't want to shoehorn um, areas for you, but learning more about, you know, stories from the Indian subcontinent would be really fun. I, yes, no, I, I 100% agree with you on that one. Uh, so what's your favorite? So it, for me, it is a toss up between big cats because like that video of the Jaguar drum makes me weep. Mm -hmm. I just, oh my God, the, the ingenuity of whomever invented that. And then that we were able to recreate it centuries later. I just, oh, it gives me chills. Um, and the other one is actually the, the moon folklore episode where I took, I was stupid and was like, I'm going to talk about Lunar New Year. No, I the fuck am not. But learning those two parallel myths from India and Aztec cultures mm -hmm. about the rabbit sacrificing itself and ending up in the moon. I just, that's so cool. They're, India and Mexico are so far away from one another. And I don't know about the relative timings of when these two stories were developed, but that they're that similar and that moving. I just, oh, I lose my fucking mind. That was just such a cozy episode. It was. That was a good one. And then there's the fact that we did selkies and winter myths in the same day. And then I had nightmares that conglomerated the two stories <laughs> that you told. Whoops. <laughs> uh, well, what is a topic that you can't wait to cover that we haven't yet? Oh, that's a good one. So someone at SCA asked me one time if we could do something on folklore around trees. And I have been listening to a lot of folk music and I read a lot of fantasy and urban fantasy, like a lot. You? Yeah, me. No. So I really do want to learn more about like Oak and Ash and Hawthorne and why these are such thematically important trees in British folklore. Cause like, I know that they are important, but I don't know why. And I want to know why. Okay. I could have a lot of fun with that topic. I actually uh, learned a lot about the Judas tree while doing my research for this episode um, and could dive into that. Ooh. But what about you, Amanda? What's, what's one that you're looking forward to doing? Um, it's not on our content calendar yet because I haven't figured out how to fully coalesce the thoughts into something useful. Legit. But I would love to, I guess, tear apart and dismantle the more new agey beliefs in things like Atlantis as an actual historical city or Lemuria um, because my... God, is it all just white supremacy when you dig under the surface? It's literally just a 
bunch of British people said, no, there's no way white people came from the Middle East or Africa. <laughs> oh, no, no. That could oh, no, be no. interesting. Mm, we'll it have was... to ponder that. We, we do need another wine-fueled content planning night. We do, you know, when neither of us are recovering from respiratory distress. That sounds fake. <laughs> had respiratory distress since I was six. <laughs> so I didn't think I had COVID. Oh, don't tell me you're reducing my noise just because I laughed. <laughs> Sorry, it just came across the screen. Reducing noise. Rude. I mean, useful for you later, but still. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever. Um, I episode that freaked you out the most. Ooh. Are we talking like I was scared or I had to call my therapist? Because those are two different things. Um, one of each, I guess. The only time I've had to call my therapist is when we did the Satanic Panic episode. Because reading about that incident in Brazil fucked me up. Fair. That was, that was traumatic. That was triggering. Um, I, God bless my poor therapist who was like, why are you doing this to yourself? And I was like, because everything is content. <laughs> um, honestly, the other, the one that has really just like got under my skin though, was those, uh, creepy games. Like fucking Sarah Sarita. Mm -mm. That one is distressing. Um, I won't. I never teaching my niece or nephew to play that one. Oh no. Like I am, I am keeping them far from that. Yeah, no, I already have a three-year-old in the house who tells me about the ghost who sits in the corner of his room at night when he sleeps. No, thank you. Yeah. Just no, he just sits in that corner Sometimes he breathes. Nice. Um, I'm not sitting for you all anymore. <laughs> I'm not. He says not it's tonight, a nice ghost. I don't care. I don't care. Um, I think we have done a pretty good job of filling up our time. Hell yeah. This was fun. This was fun. Um, um, I, again, you guys, uh, thank you for sitting through what passed for research <laughs> this episode. Um, you know, in a perfect world, we would have realized that we maybe didn't have enough content and decided to research something else, but we have both been ill and still trying to work our jobs because that's a good idea. I only had one panic attack this week where I had to log off work for the rest of the day. It's fine. Uh, I mean, I was doing funeral stuff all week, so yeah, it's kind of like a break from work. No, 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 <laughs> no not at all. Corinne, not at all. Yeah. All right. Well, folks, that's that's it. So uh, sweet dreams and caffeinated nightmares, everyone. Good night. 
Thank you for listening to Graveyard Coffee Talk. Our theme music is Pretty Little Dead Girls by Seanan McGuire, copyright 2006 and used with permission. Our cover art is by Kyle Welsh. If you want to keep the chat going, please visit our website at graveyardcoffeetalk.com for transcripts, episode notes, and more. Follow us on Instagram at Graveyard Coffee Talk Pod or on Twitter at Talk Graveyard. They say she's out there on the hill. They say she's looking for.